Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. NinjaBling.com, the online home of Moritz Royce Jewelry, the exclusive jeweler of The Riz Show. Check out their huge collection, including one-of-a-kind pieces from the Simon G Collection. Or they can make you your own, custom-built piece just for you. And because they have an upstairs location, Moritz Royce can save you money over the street-level stores. Make an appointment. Head to NinjaBling.com to get the address and phone number. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Moritz Royce Jewelry, where you get the jewels and not the shit. What up, you bunch of weirdos? It's a bonus podcast, and it's brought to you by Jameson Cask Mates. IPA and Stout Edition. Get your drinking buddies together with a beer and a shot of Jameson Cask Mates. Cask Mates. Cask Mates. Cask Mates. Cask Mates. They took the, they took the printer out of here. They took... They took this computer out of here. They took a, a bunch of stuff right, down is, here. Uh, what mic? Two? That's number two. That's number three. Whichever one sounds better. That's don't matter. Fine. All right. Check, 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 check. We already started, by the way, because that's how you like to do it last time. You surprised me. Are you me. serious? You surprised me this time. I wanted, surprising to have a, you. I wanted to have a dramatic beginning to it. This was the dramatic beginning. Oh my right. gosh! Look at the look at the stains on this chair. It's like jizz stains on there. Uh, yeah, it's basically Moon and myself in uh, one of the production studios. Uh, welcome to the Uncensored Podcast. So uh, I'll explain it this way: What you're about to hear is history. What you're about to hear is my one and only stand-up gig. And I say only because after uh, I was done, I retired officially. What am I talking about? I'm talking about my real or fake punishment that I served out in March, early March, where I was to do five minutes of stand-up comedy, and a big thanks to Helium Comedy Club for allowing us to do this and allowing me to serve my punishment out there. Big thanks to Dan Soder for allowing me to open up for him. Also, our good buddy uh, Rafe Williams was on the bill that night. And this was... The punishment that I think out of all of us involved in the real or fake competition, like I was the one to lose this one because I would be the most tortured out of all of us. Wasn't this wasn't this one your idea? It was my idea. This was my idea. This was my punishment that I, I wound up losing. And I think I'm the most tortured or was the most tortured because, of course, I want to do a good job. And I'm somebody that always gets inside their own head. So I took this punishment very seriously. And stand-up comedy is something I've always wanted to do, but I've never had the balls to actually do it. So being forced to do it, okay. Again, I wanted to take it very seriously, and I did. And listen, five minutes to you, five minutes on stage, to you may not seem like a lot, 
Like, listen, we do four hours of radio five days a week. That's 20 hours of radio a week where it's, you know, us and microphones. Listen, if I drop the ball, I got one of you guys to come pick me up. Now, when you're stand-up, when you're a stand-up comic and you're in front of however many people, it could be five people, it could be 400 people, it's you and a microphone, and that's it. There is no safety net. There is nobody there to come pick you up. It is you, your routine, the microphone, and the audience. That's it. I think that's where the big, you know, where the big mind F comes in. So, uh, yeah, I was I was downright nervous. And one of the rules was I couldn't go to an I would because I was thinking maybe I'll sneak into an open mic. Maybe I'll sneak into an open mic night and just kind of practice my routine this way. When I go to helium and I perform in front of all these people, I have a honed I have a honed set. I have a honed routine. Yeah. Didn't we make a rule on air, though, that you couldn't do that? Yes. After we started discussing it. Yes. Yeah, and there's and there's good reason too. But even even if you had practice, even if you had done that, I don't think it would have changed much because just like you know, all the comedians that we've talked to, they're doing the same routine. One night might kill, and the next it, it just it falls flat, and you don't know what the X factor necessarily is as to why you're hitting or not. But that's the difficulty in some people saying, "Well, you fill four hours of comedy a day on radio, so naturally you're going to be good at this." That's nah, a completely it's a different whole, science. It's a whole different ballgame, as I, as I came to learn. So I had a routine in my head. I had a five-minute set in my head, which, listen, it's in my head. I think it's funny, but are you going to think it's funny? And hopefully when I play it for you, uh, you find it as, as funny as I did in my head. So being that I couldn't practice it in front of a crowd, I was practicing by myself in my house in front of a mirror with a stopwatch and a hairbrush. That's how I practice my routine. So some questions that I bet you listeners are going to want to ask, uh, I'll ask for them. How many times did you practice that routine or how long? At least 25 times. 25 times. How long did you really take to develop the material? When did you sit down and say, this is where I'm going to start or I want to get this joke in? It took I... me about a month to develop the five-minute routine. A month. Where things went in and things went out. Things didn't work out right. Things made it too long. Something made it too short. Now, you have a tendency to rush things. Like So when you're on stage, even when you're in front of a, a radio microphone, you have a tendency to rush things. Empty space, you tend to fill up. So what was five minutes in my bathroom could maybe be two and a half minutes on stage. So I had to make sure that what went from my bathroom went onto the stage at Helium Comedy Club. I had to make sure I was... I was uh, I was pausing at the right times, taking my time, taking a deep breath, and I had a timed out to almost exactly five minutes. And now it's time to take the routine onto the stage. When did you start timing yourself, or did you do that from the first time of those 25 practice times? Uh, I, t I started timing myself maybe after the 10th time of doing it. And where were you first? Were you, were you long? Were you short? I <laughs> was short. Short. Okay, so you needed to add. I was short. How how short? Like you're talking two I'd be minutes? Like a minute, I'd be like a minute short. Okay. And I'd keep going through the routine over in my head, over and over and over, even to the point where some nights I could not sleep because I kept going through the routine in my head. Again, it's just five minutes. Did you practice this in front of your family or no. in front of anyone No. My wife else? asked me, hey, do you want to practice this in front of me? And I said, no, because you're part of the routine. And what I don't need is you making a face. 
I don't need you making a face like, ah, this is funny or this is not funny. I don't want you in my head. I'm just going to go up there and just rip it. Well, speaking of being in your head and going up there and just ripping it, as a musician who's played, you know, 5,000 shows, typically there's at least a buffer, maybe an hour, maybe it's 20 minutes, maybe it's only five minutes and everybody's different, that you kind of need to clear your head to get a certain space or get into a character or a persona oh, there was or, or none whatever of that. it is. And that's what I was going to say. But rarely will you have a signing or a meet and greet that goes right up to stage time, whereas in this case, you had maybe five minutes in between when we were hanging out with everybody pre-partying. Well, the night, yeah, the night of the routine... We had a pre-party at Helium, which was great, you know, meeting all these people. And, hey, thanks for coming out. It was a sold-out show, by the way. So Helium was packed that night. I sold that motherfucker out. I could say that my first and only stand-up gig was a sold-out show. Who else could say that? I'm sure, I'm sure somebody else, but not currently talking to you. <laughs> So yeah, I was thanking people. I you know people were you know patting me on the back. Hey, hope you do. Hope you do great. Oh, you also had one person say, "I hope you bomb." Yeah, it was a chick, and what did I call her? I called her a cunt. I you, said, "Thanks, you, you cunt." You did. I think it ended up being okay, but that was awkward for everyone. She said, "We <laughs> came here hoping you would bomb." Yeah, well, I, said, I mean, oh, that's nice. In the, in the, listen, in the spirit of, not to defend her, but in the spirit of this punishment sure, and all that, yes. listen, we want to see- I probably would have thought the same thing. We want to see Tony in a, in a bikini and we, I would have know. thought the same thing. So I had a couple drinks prior to me going on stage, full disclosure. That was going to be my next question. How much did you drink? Two martinis. Okay. If it would have been three, too much. So you felt like you drank the right amount. Perfect amount. It was actually a martini and a half. Okay. Because I had gone up on stage with- with half a martini still in the glass. So after the meet and review was over, I was escorted back to what they call the green room. It's where all the comics hang out prior to being on stage. I'm thinking it's a comedy, it's a comedy room with comedians in there. It's gonna be all laughs. Oh, was I was I shocked? Jokes when, on when you. When I found out it was it's go time, it's work time. Yeah. This is not the time for for jokes. And chatting, this is the time to really focus. There were people with note, you know, taking notes. And, yep. That's and, the time that they're getting in their head, yeah. getting in their space, preparing, just like a band would be warming up. The MC of the night had her notes all laid out on the one couch they had over there, just writing stuff on her hand, like seeing what she's going to, you know, say on stage. Did that freak you out? Uh, yeah, because I was nervously talking. And I got the look from I know Rafe and Dan Soto like, dude, shut the fuck up. This is, <laughs> this is this is work time. Did it make you nervous though that you weren't doing some sort of prep during that time? No, because I think in my head I had it all worked out. My only fear was the biggest fear I had was was that once I got on stage, I would forget the whole thing. I would forget my entire routine. Okay, so let's take you to the stage. You come out, you're you're introduced. It's it's I'm I'm it's not show there yet. crowd. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to get there in one second. Oh, okay, go. Okay, I could hear the crowd. I could hear the first comic go out on stage. Yeah, and about five minutes into her routine, I think she was doing eight minutes. About five minutes, I was then to go into an area through the door onto the side of the stage. It's a curtain, kind of curtained off area. And once I heard my name, I was then open up the curtain and walk on stage. So. I walk into that holding area. I got my drink in my hand. I'm in my head. There's a bucket there just in case you need to throw up. 
I didn't even, if there was, I didn't even see it. Couple deep breaths. And then I hear my name. I open up the curtain. I almost trip while going up. I put my drink on the stool. And from that moment, I almost had an out-of-body experience. I was floating above my body, watching myself do my routine on stage. Once I got comfortable, once I took that microphone from that mic stand and put my left arm on it and kind of leaned up against the mic stand, microphone in my right hand, and I just did it. Did it. And it was five minutes, six minutes, went quick. Well, here you go. You want to hear it? Yes, is we it do. time? Yes, it's time. It's time. Let's do it. Here it is. Here is my real or fake punishment stand up, my tight five at Helium Comedy Club. Let me take a drink first. <laughs> See, I don't know what to do with my hands. I should have thought about this already. Like, what am I? Should I do the whole, like, the drink holding thing? Yeah. Is, I'm going to put it down there. I'm going to just do this. Uh, so, my name is Riz. This is my first time doing comedy. Normally, I'm on the radio. Six to ten every morning, Monday through Friday, on the point. Anybody listen? Come on, keep it up, because I'm just going to soak that in for five minutes. (laughs) So normally, when I'm in front of a microphone, I'm under the thumb of the Federal Communications Commission of the FCC. So when I'm on the radio, there are certain things I can and I can't say. So up here, I can say the F word. I can say the F word up here, but I'm thinking... You know, I think that's a cop-out. That's the easy way to, if I just say the F word, it's cheap laughs, you know what I'm saying? So I was thinking, maybe I'll just, just do like kids one-liners for five minutes. <laughs> so here's what I'll start with, all right? Here you go, kids one-liner. Why was the broom late for work? Because <laughs> he's fucking lazy, that's why. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> See, here's the thing with the FCC. The thing with the FCC is, and you guys all know the, you know, the seven dirty words, and yeah, George Carlin did a whole bit about, you know, the seven dirty words. But there are some words, it's kind of a gray area. It all depends on context. So I'll just give you a couple examples of context when it comes to what you can and what you can't say. Like the word dick. <laughs> so I can say dick a certain way and not another way, like, you, sir, are a dick. You, sir, are acting like a dick. But I can't say I took my dick out and jizzed on her, on her brown titties. So I can't say that. And notice, by the way, I said brown titties, because diversity tonight. Hashtag woke. Here. Doesn't that sound weird to be saying woke? So another word would be uh, pussy. So I could say, dude. Stop being a pussy. But I can't say, I took my cock and thrust it into her pussy. So you see, there's a lot of confusion. I gotta watch what I say up there, but I'll be fired immediately. So I see a lot of couple, look at these two, their arms around each other. Couple here, couple here, couple here. Some first dates, some of you guys have been together for a long time. Like, I've been, together, I've, I've been married for, it'll be 12 years uh, in about a week and a half. Thank you. I've been, I'm a very lucky guy that my wife has not left me, because I'm a piece of shit, honestly, when it, comes to, when it comes to romance. Like, I look at you two, like, you're all nice and love. Are you married? Yeah, dating, first date, been together for a while. 
Like, I want to fucking vomit, because you guys look at <laughs> Like, my nickname is Mr. Romance. Ask my wife, she'll tell you that's not true at all. So even just the gifts that I've given my wife for Christmas and holidays and, and stuff like that, and these, these are actually true gifts I've given my wife. So my wife, God bless her, and this is not gonna be how, how like great my wife is, this is gonna be how much of a piece of shit I am, so just bear with me. <laughs> so my wife, one year for Christmas, got me like a NASCAR racing lesson, lesson with a, an actual driver, okay? And I'm a NASCAR fan. So she got me a less one driver, and then a threesome with Megan Fox after. And, you know, and then you know what I got her that year? A water pick for her teeth. So she gives me the NASCAR stuff, and I give her the water pick, and I, open, I see her open up the gift, and I see disappointment. I'm like, you don't like clean teeth? So I think it was the next year, she got me, it was like a personal chef came over, cooked us a meal, and then Megan came back over for a threesome because she loved it so much the first time. And you know what I got her that year? Not a vacuum, that was another, that was another year. I got her gift certificates to a car wash. And she opened up the, the envelope and saw the gift certificates, I'm like, you don't like a clean fucking car? in my life and she should have left me after this so you know when when women cut their hair short so they got long hair and then they cut it it's a fucking big deal there's tears like if you actually if you open up the obituaries in the newspaper you'll see clumps of hair and it'll say like 2010 to 2018 and like a whole eulogy associated with the clumps of hair so she got her hair cut short and I knew she needed me to say something good because it was very emotional for her. And I get it. I'm her husband. I'm supposed to be there for her at all times. So she came home and I saw she was welling up. I know she talked to her mother and talked to all her girlfriends. So she was all welled up. She goes, what do you think? I said, ah, it looks good as long as you don't call it like a lesbian. And that's the God's honest truth. She should have left me right after that. All right, one more thing. Um, you ever go out with a couple that's so in love and, man, they're just so close together you want to take their heads and smash them together and like have that sound like a coconut's cracking open? And then they want to talk about, oh, let's talk about our engagement stories. And this happened actually to us. I let an audible, no! <laughs> And they go, let me go first. Let me go first. Uh, so Jeremy rented a rocket ship and went up to the International Space Station. And we made love while a star supernova. And then we climaxed together and asked me to marry him. And, and I said yes. And, and now tell us your story. And my wife's giving me the stink eye. Because she knows what's coming. You want to hear our engagement story? I got the ring. I said, here you go, call your mother. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thank you. And there it was, man. Good job, good job. We're Listen, I really, I really felt good about it. I, I, I felt the applause. I, I felt good about my set. I thought I was pretty funny. I, I didn't really stumble over my words like I thought I would. I mean, there were a couple times where I kind of got caught up a little bit. But again, that was my first time and my last time. 
So when you so when you wrapped up, you came out and you uh, you enjoyed the rest of the show. I think Rafe went right after you. Rafe killed it. And Dan Soder went after after they, Rafe. They were all great. So when you come out, I mean, are you finally? You said out of body experience. Are you finally back in your body? And now it's just pure relief, pure I, party. I I kind of equate it to when during the movie Old School, when Will Ferrell's character has like an out of body experience when he debates. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of goes into an unconscious thing and just says the greatest things in the world and beats James Carville at a debate. And he goes, what just happened? That's kind of what happened to me. Like, yeah. what just what just happened? Yeah, and I feel you on that. I mean, uh, uh, typically shows, for, for my mental state, what I have to do is essentially check out. And therefore, after the shows, if I had a moment that was bad, or if I, like in this case, if you missed a joke, you wouldn't destroy yourself over it. I would destroy myself. But, but what I'm saying is you you have to almost get in this routine of just letting it go and yeah, breathing that's, it well, away. Yeah, well, of course, I'm one that accentuates and, and focuses on the negative. But, so. but, I think, but I think in this case, you did what an artist would do, and you really didn't. You really did yeah, not focus. Yeah, because I thought I, I actually, I thought I did okay. You did great. I thought I did okay. So but I go back and sit in my seat, and what do you say to me? I don't think that was five minutes. <laughs> I'm just messing and with I you. And I said, fuck you. <laughs> I was just trying to mess with you because I know, I know for a fact that any of us in the same situation coming off that stage, you would have said some snarky shit to us, period. Well, listen, if you've always wanted to do stand-up comedy, I recommend just going up there and just doing it once. I got Listen, it's another notch in my belt. It's something I've done. Skydiving, I've always wanted to do. I did it. I've always wanted to have my own radio show. Got it. I've always wanted to do stand-up comedy. Did it. What now I'm learning how to play guitar. Well, that's my next thing. Is I would like to go on. That's my next goal. I want to go... On stage with the band and play guitar. How would you like to play my next show? Next show, and I don't think I'm ready for that. Okay, I was going to say, that's on Saturday. <laughs> nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, that's the, uh, that's the Uncensored Podcast. Uh, bye. Great job, boss. This is the Rizzuto Show Podcast, powered by Moritz Royce Jewelry.